Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha. And we're so thankful to be back together again to open up God's Word, study a little bit further, dig a little bit deeper, learn a little bit more from those rich teachings and truths that God has communicated to us, had his inspired writers write down for us right there in Scripture. We do exactly as the name of this program suggests search the scriptures. We do exactly that. We get into God's word. We do dig deep. We look at it in detail, but at the same time, we try to explain those teachings in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for our everyday lives. So we want to help you grow in your faith. How do we do that? Well, we don't just talk about faith. We help you understand God's word better. We study the scriptures because Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So as we study together, your faith should be growing. And as your faith grows, as it gets deeper and stronger, then you should be coming closer to God. And as that happens, ultimately, you should be coming more and more equipped to make up your mind to come to God all the way, his way. Through Jesus Christ, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in him as God's son and and your savior, and being ready to surrender to him in baptism so the blood that he shed on the cross can cleanse you of the guilt of your sins. And you can become that newborn Christian, that made new individual from a spiritual perspective. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. You know, Jesus told Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot enter, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And as you're baptized into Christ, you are transformed. You are born again. You are made new. You become that new creation. We want to help you be assured of eternal life. And so the best way we can do that is to study with you from God's word. We're going to begin a new line of studies right now, but before we do that, I want to encourage you to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. You can scroll down the home page, and you can come to the podcast button and click on that, and in about one minute, you can sign up for our podcasting. Now, it's free. It always will be free. Let me say that again. It is free. It always will be free. We're not after your money. We want to help you get to heaven. And so when you sign up for our podcasting, you'll receive all of these radio programs automatically to whatever smart device you choose. Your smartphone, your computer, your laptop, your pad, your tablet, whatever device you choose. All of these radio programs will automatically come to that device on a daily basis. I know a lot of people, they struggle finding the time in their schedule to be able to tune in at that particular time when we're broadcasting, even though we broadcast this program several times a day, literally day and night. But in this way, you'll automatically get those programs, but you'll get a whole lot more. You'll receive all of our sermons, all of our Bible classes, and a great daily Bible study that we call today's Bible class, about 12 minutes each day. All of that will automatically come to your device on a regular basis. And again, it's all free and always will be free. So take advantage, churchofchrist.com, click on the podcast button and sign up and encourage others to do that as well. We're going to be talking about a 
new line. We're going to be studying a new line of uh, study from God's Word today, and we're going to do this for quite a few days. I'm going to call this Abundant Christianity. Abundant Christianity. You know, a whole lot of people, they see Christianity, and they see the Bible as a whole long list of thou shalt nots. <laughs> thou shalt nots. That's the way they see it. And in looking at it that way, now probably most of those individuals really don't read the Bible much, really don't have a very, well, probably, I started to say a very good working knowledge. They probably don't have hardly any working knowledge of the Bible. But that's how they see it. Thou shalt not. You can't do this. You better not do that. Stay away from that. Don't get in that. You know, well, that's the way they see it. And so they view Christianity and the Bible from a very negative perspective. And they do that instead of seeing all of the incredible and abundant blessings that God promises to Christians through his word, the Bible. Now, are there some thou shalt nots in there? Well, absolutely. There are also some thou shalts, or see to it that you do this. <laughs> you know, there are many positives as far as commandments are concerned, as well as some of the negatives that say, stay away from these things. Don't get involved in these kinds of activities and practices and lifestyles. So there's that balance in there. But you see, instead of seeing the Bible as a long list of thou shalt nots, and also letting that color Christianity along the same way. Well, if I become a Christian, I can't do this. I can't go there. I can't take part in this. I can't enjoy this. Well, okay. If you're looking at it only from the negative perspective, then you're going to stay away from Christianity. You're not going to have very much respect, probably, as far as implementing those principles into your personal life is concerned of the very, of, of the very uh, understanding of what Christianity is if you only see it from a negative perspective. But you see, you're missing, you're missing all of those incredible and abundant blessings that God promises to people to, who come to him through Christ, become Christians, and live that faithful and consistent and obedient Christian life. And I said, incredible and abundant blessings. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse 10. He said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Let me read that again. Jesus' words. I have come. When did he come? Almost 2,000 years ago. Where? To this world. As the Savior, the Son of God, our Lord and Savior, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Now, ultimately, we might look forward and say, okay, he came so that we could have eternal life with God and Christ and the Holy Spirit in heaven. And that certainly would be the most abundant life that we could conceive in our minds. But now, I believe that we can also understand that particular statement and promise from our Lord as applying to our lives while we're still here on this earth. When we become a Christian, we have 
the most abundant life in prospect, but also, I think, by way of blessing. We're God's people at that point when we become a Christian. He adopts us as his children. We see that in in, uh, Galatians chapter uh, 4, I believe it is, and also Revelation chapter 8. The Apostle Paul goes into some detail talking about how God adopts us into his spiritual family as we become Christians. So as such, then we become the recipients of incredible and abundant blessings by virtue of our being Christians, of our being in the family of God. So when Jesus said, I have come that they may have life, and that they may have it more abundantly? Yes, the ultimate application of that and reality of that is in heaven for all of eternity after this life is over. But you see, the faithful, dedicated, consistently obedient Christian, oh, he can enjoy the abundant life right here in this world because he knows who he is and what he is. And he looks forward not just to the things of this world, But he looks forward to that eternal life in heaven. He knows where he is going. So in that sense, he has the abundant life right now. But even beyond that, he has an abundant life while still here in this world in physical life because of all of the blessings that go with being a Christian. Let me assure you, Jesus, I don't believe, was talking about the false prosperity gospel that's being taught by some today. Oh yeah, there are those out there who claim to be teachers of the gospel and followers of Jesus who try to tell people that, you know, if you'll just be, become a Christian, if you'll just uh, grasp onto what I'm telling you and you live by that, that kind of philosophy, then God is going to bless you materially. In other words, he's going to bless you financially. And so they're teaching that. If you do this, then you're going to maybe even become wealthy. And that's something of a prosperity gospel. That is false doctrine. Let me say that again. That is false doctrine. Now, if you live a faithful life as a Christian, will God bless you? Oh, he's going to bless you abundantly. But does that mean he's going to make you wealthy or rich financially? Not necessarily. And in fact, in both, most cases, probably not. I want us, though, to think about what Jesus said there. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Now, let's make the personal application. If you become a Christian, Jesus is speaking to you. He said, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. So in what ways does Jesus give us as Christians an abundant life? I want to think about this particular statement on the part of our Lord or this principle of abundant Christianity. I want us to think about it from two perspectives. So for the first several programs, we're going to look at it from the perspective of what God through Christ does for us in 
giving us the abundant life. We'll classify that or hang the, the label on it, abundant Christianity. When Jesus was ready to go to the cross, the night of his betrayal, the next day he knew he would be hanging on that cross and giving his life to pay the price for the guilt of the sins of all mankind for all time. He would go to that cross as the ultimate purest savior, the one time for all time sacrifice on our behalf. He told the apostles in John chapter 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Again, John 14 and verse 6. Now think about what that particular statement by our Lord says. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the first principle, perhaps, or realization of the abundant life that Jesus came to this world to bring us is that through him, he brings us to God. He brings us to God. And there is no other way to God except through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So you talk about an abundant blessing. You talk about abundant Christianity. He brings us to God, God the Father, God the Creator. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, the Apostle Paul writes this. Notice, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now, by bringing us to God, and that would be the most abundant blessing, because if we're coming to the Father, then we're coming to him who is the, the giver of eternal life, the one from whom all blessings flow. Remember that James wrote in James chapter 1 and verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So if there's anything good in your life that is truly good, it's a blessing from God. For Jesus to bring us to God we go through Jesus as our Savior, and he brings us to God. He's bringing us to the giver of all blessings, and ultimately to that blessing of eternal life with him in heaven. What did Jesus say again in John 10 and verse 10? I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. What a blessing. You talk about an abundant blessing to bring us into the presence from a spiritual perspective of God himself. Now, a whole lot of blessings go along with us being brought to God through Jesus Christ. Remember that Jesus said in connection with his bringing us to God, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ultimately, the life 
eternal life, eternal life through Jesus. And God is the one who blesses us with that eternal life, but again, through Jesus. Now, what did Paul write again in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. In Christ. Well, again, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We need to come to the Father through Christ. We need to be in Christ to be able to be with the Father. And that is the only way that we can be with the Father is through Christ. So all the spiritual blessings of the heavenly places in Christ. That's the condition right there. We need to be in Christ to be recipients of all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. So if we just took that as a general statement and we compared that to what Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse 10, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Well, you talk about abundant life, being recipients of all of the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places, that certainly would qualify beyond anything that this world could offer us as to abundant life, abundant life. In Christ, we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now, Paul doesn't leave it just with that general statement, though. He then begins to enumerate a number of those spiritual blessings. I don't think he covers them all. I think it's pretty lengthy and detailed list, but I think it's a representative list. Paul often in his various letters lays out the works of the flesh or sinful practices and lifestyles that will keep a person out of heaven. But none of those lists are exhaustive or all-inclusive. They're representative. We get the idea of the kind of, un, of, of ungodly and immoral and worldly lifestyles and practices that Paul lists there that will keep us out of heaven. But it's just representative by way of listing those various lifestyles and practices. He could have gone on and on and on. Well, just so, I think in this particular context in Ephesians chapter 1, beginning with verse 3 and going down through, oh, verse 14 at least, Paul lists in detail a whole bunch of these spiritual blessings that are ours by way of being true Christians. But I think there's a whole lot more that he could have listed, but this is a representative list, I believe we're to understand. But even if it is limited to simply being a representative list of all of the spiritual blessings that we truly will enjoy as Christians, oh my, what he does lay out for us here is absolutely incredible. And it does verify what Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Christianity is the most abundant life. There is no other life that compares, no other lifestyle, no philosophy that compares with Christianity and all that God offers us through being Christians as the abundant life. You know, people are looking for abundant life today. They're looking for abundance in their lives. 
But what do they think about most of the time? Well, the first thing you might think about is money. Money. Money is going to give me an abundant life. How can I make more money? How can I accumulate wealth and become wealthier and wealthier? And they think about being able to buy whatever they want and as much as they want. And they tie an abundant life to being financially self-secure. Well, other people might say, no, that's not necessarily that. I think it's good health. Good health. Well, how do you get good health? Well, we've got to live a healthy life. We've got to eat right. We've got to exercise. We've got to stay away from some things that could be detrimental to our health. Well, okay. You're still going to die, though. Unless the Lord comes again first, you're still going to die. If nothing else, you're going to die of old age. And the parts, <laughs> the parts in your body are going to start wearing out and wearing down. So as healthy as you eat, as healthy a lifestyle as you might strive to live, as much physical exercise as you might discipline yourself to consistently take part in, you're still going to die. So the abundant life, well, okay, is this world, is this physical life all that you're really looking forward to in prospect? You're going to die one day. You might be 60, 70, 80, 90, maybe 100 years old or maybe a little bit more, but you're going to die one day. So that really is not the abundant life that you ought to be focused upon. And the idea of material wealth well, we see that come and go all the time, don't we? All the time. And everything can change almost on a dime. Is that really where you want to place your security? Find your security? And take security in simply material wealth, finances, money, and the things money can buy? All of that will come to an end one day. And again... When you die physically, you're going to leave all of that behind. Not going to take a nickel of it with you, not a penny. Is that the abundant life that you really want to be focused on? Well, it should not be. So where should we focus? I think you can figure out the answer almost certainly, can't you? We need to be thinking about our spiritual life again. What did Paul say? He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, in Christ. You need to be in Christ. We're going to get deeper into this study next time. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for loving us so much. And thank you, Father, for offering us all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places if we'll come to you through Christ. And thank you for promising us that if we'll do that your way, as you have laid out for us in Scripture, then we will have eternal life with you in heaven. Please guide us in this, Father. And oh, how the world needs that guidance, Father. Please, we pray at this time. Please forgive us and hear our prayer, gracious Father. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.